Hello everyone and welcome to episode one of the She Can She Did podcast. If we haven't had the chance to chat before, hello, I'm Fee and I'm the founder of She Can She Did. As I mentioned in the trailer for this series, this podcast was born out of an overarching aim to put the spotlight on women in their teens, 20s and 30s who've dared to go solo and launch their own businesses around the UK and ask them to share the reality of what they've had to push through behind the scenes with us all to get to the position that they are with their businesses today. My first guest, in my opinion, embodies the whole ethos behind She Can, She Did in full. And having met at one of my midweek mingle events in London last May, I've since gone on to admire her work from afar, and I'm lucky enough to call her one of my friends today. Anyway, the lady in question is 20-year-old Alice Benham, self-titled accidental entrepreneur having launched her first business at the age of 17, and now digital marketing coach, the host of the excellent Starting the Conversation podcast, and soon to be host of Gather and Grow, a retreat for self-employed women to get away, connect and drill down on the nitty-gritty details of their businesses. To set the scene for this episode, Alice and I met at a random meeting room in London that I'd booked which turned out to be ridiculously noisy, so it wasn't ideal for this recording, or for my nerves for that matter. But after a few stressed, what are we actually going to do, back and forth, thankfully, I remembered that one of my best friends from my old job worked around the corner. So after a frantic call to her asking if her office had any meeting rooms available, and my friend then proceeding to reschedule her colleagues' calendars so that we could borrow a room, Alice and I hopped over to her building, took over one of their meeting pods, counting our lucky stars in the process, And finally, we got round to starting this chat. Alice, Mm -hmm. you describe yourself as an accidental (laughs) entrepreneur. (laughs) Yes. Can you just let us all know what you actually do? What I do? It's a question people ask me a lot. Sometimes I'm not sure that I actually understand it myself. My official title is a digital marketing coach, which basically means I work one-on-one with small business owners, entrepreneurs, and help them to level up their marketing and create sustainable and effective strategies. Wow. That's my buzz line. That's a really Um, good buzz line. Thank you. It's good to have a copy and paste of like, here's what I do. And then I'm alongside that a retreat host and a podcast host. Amazing. A bit of everything. So you are the modern day multi-hyphenate. Thank you. I would like to think that. (laughs) When my uncle's like, have you got a real job yet? I'm like, no, listen to this Listen to this podcast by Emma Gannon about multi-hyphenates. Yeah, that's what I am. That's what you are. Yeah. See, this is where I would normally say, because that was really succinct. You Thank did you. tell me you'd be succinct. It's good. This is where I normally say, you know, can you go back and tell me what mm-hmm. you were doing beforehand? Mm-hmm. You know, what role inspired this? But the reality is <laughs> you were 17. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I was off to, well, I was worrying about uni. I was worrying mm. about boys. I was... A bit of a good girl, but I lately like alcohol, yep. all of that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. the idea of launching a business at seventeen, mm. I was so not in that headspace. Mm. So, can you talk us through actually what inspired this, or how the hell did you launch a business at seventeen? Okay, see, as right, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur because <laughs> that's what I really struggle with. And people are like, "I want to have a business like yours." Like, tell me the three step plan, and I'm like literally there was no plan or no strategy so I was 17 I was at school I was halfway through my A-levels and I probably wasn't your like typical school dropout Mm. I got like good grades and was a bit of a nerd but I just it just got to the point where I just found school too much I think at the I wasn't diagnosed but I think at the time looking back I had really bad anxiety I was struggling with exams I felt real pressure to like achieve 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 I'm kind of one of those people where like you set a goal you get it and then you don't even celebrate it you just want the next thing and I think school I hear you sister (laughs) school really 
brought that out in me in a negative way. Um, and since I was 16, I'd had this part-time job at a um, garden centre and I worked within their events team. And they spoke to me and were like, well, hey, if you want to leave school, we can give you an apprenticeship. Mm. So much to my parents, my teachers and everyone else is in my life's dismay like literally no one supported it I left school halfway through my A-levels so all I have is AS levels right so this is year 12 end of year 12 yeah Mm -hmm. so no so I was a month away from my year 12 exams and I was like I'm out Oh, right, I met okay. my form teacher. I was like, I'm going to go take up this job in events and like sales administration. And yeah, that's what I want to do. And obviously people had some opinions about that. Um, but I was just craving doing something. I was so bored of like made up projects in school and like, mm. I, I don't know. And school was never for me. I didn't like the kind of social. It just wasn't my thing. I always think I was not made to peak in school. That wasn't my best time. <laughs> Which so is I, a good thing because yeah, nice it feeling. is. It feels like a lifetime when you're there, but mm. you get out of school and it's you yeah. know there's a whole world you've got your life. I know. Waiting for you. It's so, so nice good to thing. look back and be like, oh, I didn't need to be like the most popular, coolest person. At yeah, school. yeah, yeah, that's all right. So then I spent nine months in this sales administration events full-time job so that's a bit that I don't always talk about because it was the most like random in the middle thing but again the second I got that job I figured out how to do it I was bored I was like I want the next thing and I was at a hotel breakfast it's like the weirdest story I was at a hotel breakfast seeing a guy who I was dating at the time up north Mm -hmm. and at the breakfast I met another guy like an older businessman. I never know how to say that without it sounding like he was creepy, but he wasn't. Yeah, I'm picturing like secret diary call girl right now, I'm not going to lie. Like no, you no, at a hotel was... bar, martini. No, it's like, it's breakfast. Okay. So I'm like okay. getting my cereal, he's getting his toast, we're both Bloody like... Bloody Mary. Like... <laughs> I was like 17. Okay. Um... Yeah, and we just got talking and I told him, you know, I want to go into events and he was like, oh, cool. He ran this big UK charity and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Did not think anything of it. I think he like took my email address because he Mm. was like, oh, I'll keep in touch. And I was like, oh, maybe that's just what businessmen do. Like they just have a lot of email addresses. I don't know. (laughs) Um, And then a couple of months later, I was driving home from a job interview, totally different random job interview. And he emails me what's your number? I want to call you. I've got a job for you. And he then pitches, well, not pitches to me, I have to make it sound like I was some like sought after 17 year old. <laughs> he basically says, you know, we've got an events role coming up. It's two days a week within our company. Do you want it? Mm. Obviously I was like, yes. Not thinking about, you know, the fact that I was leaving a full-time job for a two day a week job, but I was 17. I was kind of like, cool, sounds good. So I said yes to that, but didn't realize working for his company met, meant becoming a consultant. So everyone that worked for him was self-employed. Okay, There yeah. was no employees. I think it's just like an easier way yeah, for him yeah. to do it. Um, and obviously it was two days a week but the second that I joined they were like oh the events job isn't ready for a couple of months can you run our social media for a couple of months one day a week again I don't know why I said yes looking back I'm like that was the weirdest thing to say yes to it made no sense I didn't know what I was doing I feel like at 17 though that is where you know you do want to please everyone Mm. I don't know about you but I know that if someone had said to me at any job when I was 17 Fee Mm. can you do this I'd be like oh absolutely yeah Yeah, yeah, sure and it was that people pleasing naivety which I think is what grew my business Mm -hmm. which now is obviously something I don't have but at the time well, hopefully that was a bit arrogant wasn't it but yeah but at the time you said yes to everything so I said yes to this social media job I don't really know how it happened but within the two months I built up a load of other clients to the point where I was doing social media management full-time so that two months down the line when he said you know do you want your events job now we'll move you to a different department I was like I've kind of found what I really enjoy and I think I really like this so it literally was just me saying yes to opportunities and then it grew and I think at that point I was like oh, I think this is a business. Like, I think I'm a, an entrepreneur, not like self-employed right now. Mm. I think I didn't, it was never an intentional thing. It just happened. That's amazing. Did yeah. he, there was a, there no kind of, 
uh, hang on, Alice, you're working for me when you said... Well, no, because because he hired everyone as part-time consultants, everyone did multiple different jobs. No one worked for him more than two days a week. So I was only working for him one day a week in social media. And then it was just completely word of mouth. I built up a whole load of other clients who were all corporate charities based in London, men in suits, very different to my business now. But I did that for nine months and just kept saying yes. That's amazing. Can you remember when you thought to yourself, okay, this is it, I found it and I'm going to take it seriously and talk me through actually those steps that you took Mm. to make sure that that then grew? Yeah, I always see my business in two businesses. I was taught like business one and business two. So from that point onwards, so that was like April 2016. From then until December, I don't think I ever really realised what I was doing. I just kept saying yes. I was people-pleasing. I was quite naive. I was very excited that I was making so much money. I was like, this is cool. Everyone's clapping me. Like, let's go. And then I majorly, majorly burnt out um, at the start of January 2017. And I think had this moment where I was just like, I, I can't carry on. I had to spend, which is a whole story in itself, six months. Yeah, taking time off, going to therapy, being on medication. It was kind of this whole, like, I need to rebuild my life without you know, this huge, huge job that I had taken on but not really understood. And for me, the, the the first time I took it seriously was after that burnout when I began to rebuild my business. Because it had been so accidental, I'd never really had the space or time to like look ahead. I was just fighting mm. fires and bringing on new clients and making more money. And there was never any intention. Whereas when I started my business again, after burning out, I was like, okay, here's something I did really wrong. But there was something in that that I really loved and went really right. How do I rebuild that in the right way? So that for me was the biggest, like, that for me was was starting a business because before it, it, I don't think I could have been credited with ever making that happen. I think I just was in the right place at the right time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, what were the hours like? How intense was it if you took six Mm. months off to burn out? That's that's big. Ridiculous, like 12, 14 hour days, six, seven days a week. I just didn't have any, like, I didn't have a personal life. But that didn't bother me. I was so excited. Like, I'd been craving this huge, you know, project for so long that it had then been given to me. And I was just Mm. almost like, I didn't look back. And obviously, so many people were like, you need to stop. You need to take a break. And at this point as well, I was traveling the UK Monday to Friday. So all my clients were all over the UK, pretty much. I was in London all the time. I was always up north. So I was pretty much spending every day in hotel rooms, working these crazy long days. But I just never realized that was wrong I think I just thought oh I guess this I guess this is what it takes and everyone else is telling me that I'm this you know like 17 year old protege like let's carry on that's such a strong word <laughs> I love it I know I was thinking when I was saying it, I was like how do I say this in the right way I, that's the story of my life there's so many words I want to say and I'm like probably can't an- pronounce them there yeah. we go announce them I was gonna say announce them not pronounce pronounce You said that you were excited about how much money you were earning. Mm. You were 17. What are we talking? Yeah. Um, if you don't mind me No, I'll, I'll tell people. I won't tell the exact figure because I have a real bugbear when people mm. mark it with like how to build a business with this many figures because the, the reality is I don't have any of the money now yeah. that I had then. But it was like pretty close to six figures. Which is Yes, six. Crazy yes, six. For a 17 year old girl. Yeah. So then that obviously was probably part of the reason why I didn't have a social life was because I was completely isolated. Like, I didn't know anyone else who had that lifestyle. And none of my, fr- I couldn't relate to any of my friends. We were all just in completely different places. 
But now my business makes me like half of that money. Mm. But it's a business that I love. And it's a business that like empowers me to live the life that I want to live. So yeah. I'm really glad that I learned at 17 that like money is really irrelevant. Absolutely. And so. it's sustainable now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, that's the thing. I made that money and burnt myself out in the process. Mm. And then it's had to spend most it. of it yeah. taking six months off. So yeah, I always think it's interesting how what some people value and in mm. terms of you know you hear a 17 year old turning over 100 grand mm. that's crazy that's amazing mm. but it's just that kind of the cost and it's weighing up what you actually want from your life exactly to get that. so like I sacrificed my mental health in exchange for that I sacrificed relationships friendships and I'm really glad that all of those have been rebuilt mm. because I you know I'm in a privileged position and I have amazing people around me but yeah looking back although I wouldn't change a thing yeah oh because the lessons be. that I learned from that were like unbelievably I'm one of those people where like you can tell me a brick wall's there but I don't believe you until I run into it <laughs> you and me both girl <laughs> so I think it was one of those experiences where you know I'm really glad I learned from it but I wouldn't wish it on on anyone really yeah it was very intense no it's good okay so you've gone through the burnout mm-hmm. you've obviously got all of those lessons learned all of that um, on your shoulders and you want to start again and this time it's going to be something different different Mm. so talk me through what actually you prioritized then to get your current business off the ground in terms of you know rebranding getting your Mm -hmm. name out it's completely different target audience you're going for Mm. now I don't spy any men in suits on your Instagram feed so (laughs) they are not my people (laughs) go for it um well it's safe to say I had to do absolutely everything like it literally was starting a business because in that first nine months didn't have a website I didn't even have like a business email address like I didn't have branding I didn't have like I it wasn't I didn't market myself everything was word of mouth and I just said yes to opportunities so there was ever never like any foundations mm. um so yeah I started I built a website I guess being in like marketing branding I knew that that was going to be a really important thing and then just completely immerse myself in the world that I wanted to go into so I think when I think about actually how I rebuilt it you know I can probably look back and think it was really intentional I think it was just kind of one step at a time but I was really building it with my lifestyle first because I'd had six months off I'd had this amazing opportunity to figure out like fall back in love with the things that I enjoyed doing and I fell in love with travel and I realized that I really wanted that to maintain as part of my lifestyle even when I was working so when I was thinking about like the clients that I wanted to work with or how many hours a day I wanted to work or how much money I wanted to make it was all built around that lifestyle Mm-hmm. and constantly questioning like how does this decision that I'm making fit in with that so it took a good probably nine months of figuring that out setting up my website doing all the kind of technical stuff figuring out you know all the processes and systems so that when my business was gaining clients and making money again I could take that on mm-hmm. so it was a far longer game and there were times in those nine months where I like had no money and really considered giving up and I was really frustrated but I just kept going because to me the lifestyle that I was building was so much more valuable than how much I was making or how glamorous it looked to other people. What did that lifestyle look like then? Travel, you, what, how, where did you want to go? I mean, actually, no, scrap that one. But <laughs> hours-wise, what, yeah. what did a good day's work look like to you in terms of when you were prioritising how long you want to work? Mm. Like those kind of things. And who did your target audience look like? So my target audience, I knew I wanted to work with business owners and entrepreneurs. Mm. Um, I knew I wanted to work primarily with women, I just thought when I thought about who I wanted to work with, I was like, I just want to get them. Mm. Like I don't, I 
the first nine months of my business, I was the biggest chameleon. Like I was acting however the client wanted me to act. And that was the, I just thought that was normal. And it was so refreshing to see other business owners showing up in their businesses as themselves and that being okay. So when I kind of began to realize that was possible, I was like, oh, I just want to work with people who are like me mm-hmm. and almost help people along the way and just almost plug in, I guess, where my expertise can like help their, um, what's it called when you like don't know something? They're like, they're blind spots. That was it. Oh, okay. To me, yeah, it was yeah. like, I just want to find people who have the passion, have the drive, have a really solid why, but they just need a bit of help. Yeah. And I can come in and give them that. And it was the same even when I was like thinking about the way I wanted to work. Like before I'd worked in social media management, which meant that I was having to write blogs, write tweets, create content, post content all day, every day. It was so like reliant on me working and mm. doing things. Now I work in coaching. So the only times that I'm like working, quote unquote, is when I'm on Skype to a client. And to me, those boundaries and being able to fit it within that parameter really helped because there can be such blurred lines when you work. Like I work from home and I don't work set hours because for me, one of the reasons that I do what I do is to be flexible so I don't work like a typical nine to five although I know some people doing that works for them I knew I needed a bit more structure particularly because I'm so young Mm -hmm. and I'd probably like have some maturing to do I knew I needed to create a business which gave me some structure because I knew how easy I could probably dip back into that yeah um but in terms of the lifestyle I guess for me it just looks like freedom I mean the reality is as much as I say you know live lifestyle first I work I still work crazy hours yeah but I'm doing it for me yeah no I completely get that I feel like I've got so much freedom in one sense because mm. ultimately I control my diary Mm. however I'm working silly hours but it's on my terms I want to be doing it right now and there's don't get me wrong there's the odd afternoon where something's just not working Mm. and I'm like okay I'll walk away but Mm. in general like I feel yeah yeah everything's on my terms yeah and it's you know and you have a bad day it's like well I'm I'm having a bad day in hindsight of all those good days that I have. Yeah. And it's kind of, I think when I, before I was building everyone else's businesses and making, you know, soulless companies money. But now when I realise like the impact that my business has, I'm like, that's worth it. Yeah. And it is, it's that freedom of like, if I have a bad call, I can reschedule it. If there's something I really don't want to do, I actually don't have to do it. But often it's the freedom that I don't have to do it that makes me do it because I'm like, oh, I can, it's fine. It's an hour of my life. Like I always think in two hours time, it's going to be over. Yeah. I can do it. Yeah, it's probably not any easier but the the way I see it and my perspective is different I'm always and I say this to you all the time Mm -hmm. I have so much respect for the fact that you are only 20 and it's not it isn't about age but at the same time like you strike me as someone so much older (laughs) the way you present yourself how old did you think I was I I, I told you how old I was I'm Ah, so hard, isn't it? Because I don't know. You are such a strange one because I just don't know. (laughs) I don't know how old I would put you at. In some ways, I feel like, you know, I go turn to you Mm. and you come out with things where I'm like, my mum would say that. Do you know what I mean? In the nicest way. (laughs) But then other times, you know, I feel like, you know, at least 30. That's so funny. Because, or no, but the reason I say it is because of how well presented you are, firstly. Mm. But you know, you call yourself a, a digital marketing coach. And mm. normally I kind of think, you know, what's backing that up? Yeah. And I've we've had this chat before. Mm. But you really do know your stuff. And it's so obvious mm. when you watch your Instagram stories, they're just a cut above the rest. Your podcast, it's so mm. special. And you can just tell that you, whatever it is, mm. you've, you've nailed it. And you're always one step ahead of the game in terms of digital trends. And I just... Stop it. <laughs> is it, it's hilarious because everything you're saying for me are like 
the biggest insecurities and fears that I have with doing what I do at this age. Mm. Because it is when you offer something that's intangible, like coaching, like consulting, you know, and you're not giving them a thing. The biggest thing you have to believe in is yourself Mm. and you have to trust your expertise. Like you're not selling a website build or a logo or a candle, like you're selling your brain. And for someone who's like not had many years on this earth, And I don't have this whole back catalogue of like, oh, I was in industry for eight years and I climbed the ranks and I got promotions. And that's my evidence why I'm an expert. I've really had to like know myself and trust myself and do that kind of soul searching, I guess. But you've done it, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm glad. And I just... Sometimes I'm like, do do other people realise that I'm making most things up? (laughs) It's nice nice to think it comes across how I want it to, which is because I I do know my stuff. You do. It's easy to assume that what you know is natural to everyone else because it feels natural to you. Mm. If that makes sense. Like your expertise in like your events job. Now that's so valuable. But to you it probably just seems like second nature. Mm. Yeah. It's hard to like see the value in it. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned obviously that you're not earning as much as you did when you were Mm -hmm. 17 but obviously you're so much happier now how did you approach putting a value on your time now given the fact that you're no longer dealing with businessmen in suits Mm -hmm. or you're dealing with women in business yeah some of those are small businesses yeah budgets restraints etc etc how talk to me so I guess the first thing I did which I probably wouldn't recommend other people to do is looked at what everyone else was charging because I was so I knew I had all of the expertise but I had none of the like business understanding because I had that nine months, which was a completely different market, but the same like knowledge. So I knew the stuff, but I was like, how do I package this? So, you know, looking back, I did just look at other people and I realized in coaching, there's kind of this common theme that you have like one long-term package and one short-term. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. And then I think when I was looking at pricing it, it was a case of looking at what people were pricing for their time thinking about the value that I was bringing to these women's businesses and then also thinking what I needed to make because I'm quite like detail oriented and numbers focused I did start with like well how much do I need to make to pay my bills and to have the income that I want to have to lead the life that I want how many clients do I want to have aka how many hours do I want to work a week Mm. okay what do I need to charge to make those numbers a reality and thinking about it quite kind of in that way as a because you know to to say you know oh I charge a hundred pounds for an hour Sounds ridiculous, but Mm. when you really break it down and think, okay, well, to spend that hour coaching, I need to spend two hours marketing and two hours in sales and client onboarding and an hour in prep and an hour in like post customer, whatever. It makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So I'm just breaking that down. Yeah, like getting out of your head, not thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not worth like over a thousand pounds. Actually figuring out, no, if you're adding value to someone's business and that's the money that you need to make to lead the business and the life that you want to lead, then, like, go for it. Mm. And it's something that I've tweaked loads. My prices in the first, kind of, that first nine-month period, when I was starting back up, like, they were always fluctuating because I wouldn't have a client, so I would put them down and thought that that would change anything. It didn't. If people want to work with you, they're going to make the money up. That's what I've realised. So, yeah, now I'm at a place where I'm pretty happy with it, but it's always a... Even with, like, the retreat, it's so hard to prize things. Well, I remember you saying that, but, like, it's doing so well. Do you want to talk about that, actually? Because we're kind of going off on a tangent. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You're hosting this Gather and Grow mm-hmm. retreat. Yeah, well done. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lovely name. Thank you. I, was, I hate naming things. Yeah. Oh, you know what it. I'm like. Chit-chat she says. Chit-chat she does. so the only person that names yeah. things that she with can't say list. herself. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> My favourite thing about you. <laughs> But you've got this retreat and, mm-hmm. you know, you go, yeah, go for it. Talk to us about what it actually is and then we'll go back to the money stuff. Okay, so I guess it came from a place of realising when I was looking back at my business in 2018, like it started the year 
making little to no money, feeling like it was a failure. And it ended the year with me being like fully booked with clients, making the income that I wanted. And I was like, what made that happen? Like, how did that shift happen? And when I look back, I realized that the most fundamental thing I did was in the summer, I was at a crisis point of like, I literally do not have enough money to make me pass the next couple of months. I don't have any clients right now. I don't know what to do. And I was like, okay, like I was trying to think like, like a business owner. And I worked on the foundations. I took a total step back for two weeks and I looked at the foundations of my business. So I looked at the way I was branding myself. I looked at my like finances, finances, finances. I looked at my finances. <laughs> I looked at my like client onboarding process. I looked at the invoices I used, like the contracts that I use I looked at the goals I was setting like it was such a like systems overhaul Mm. literally addressed every area of foundations of my business and then just began to build it from there and I realized that there was something really powerful in creating space for that to happen and I think when I begun to think about that I was like well there's nothing out there that really gives people that space Mm. like when you're a business owner things are so busy there's always more to do there's always a to-do list and when you're in the everyday creating space to think long term and get that long-term stuff done is really hard So I was kind of like, okay, what would it look like to create that for people? And I think I realised it was the combination of intentional space, expertise and community. And I was like, what would that look like? A retreat. So Gather and and Grow was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited. It was one of those projects where I was like, this feels terrifying. I feel like the ones you care about most always do though. Yeah. And it was like, I'm sure you get it with the events, but I had always before been in coaching. If I don't sell a coaching package, I've not lost any money. I've just not gained money. If I don't sell this retreat, I have lost over Mm £10,000. And it's almost for me, that was a real step up for me of like, okay, game on. This is, yeah, 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 yeah. this is legit. But you've sold, you've got how many left? Five? Uh, Yeah, I think there's four left now. Well, there you go. So we'll see. That's amazing. If there's still any up, people can please buy them. And, uh, <laughs> not make me anxious every night. We'll put the, what do you call them? The, is it the notes? The show notes. Show notes. Yeah. There you go. I'll put the link in the show notes, guys. Yeah. <laughs> By episode three, you're going to have nailed this. I'm glad this is the first one. We can just... I honestly feel I'm so glad it's you. Oh, I'm glad. I feel very honoured. I don't do really you? know why you've picked me. Oh, no, honestly. I picked someone it's... that was like somewhat successful. No, like... don't be. No, don't be silly. It's firstly because I can relax. <laughs> good, good. But also... Like I said, you genuinely are someone that I really, really admire. Oh, and thanks. I feel like I learned so much from you mm. that it's a great place to start for me personally. Yeah, we've with we've this. had a good chat. We have. Let's talk. You know me, mm-hmm. and I love a good, honest chit chat. Oh, yeah. So you've kind of spoken about them, but I feel like we should get the nitty gritty stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm. So let's talk. Firstly, daily challenges. I'll ease you in gently. Okay, okay. Before we get to the real Not dodgy quite in stuff. The deep end. Yeah. <laughs> It'll keep people listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, build it up a crescendo. Up? Yeah. <laughs> um, daily, daily, daily struggles. Daily in terms struggles. of what do you, on a day to day basis, what are the kind of things that you find the most tricky for anyone listening? You know. Yeah. Um, probably my biggest one, which I almost wouldn't want to say because it's probably quite a niche thing to struggle well, not niche but it's not for everyone would be mental health so mm-hmm. having depression and anxiety which I was diagnosed with when I took that time off um like instantly that's when I wake up every day M- mine is kind of a constant it, it doesn't have kind of huge peaks or huge troughs but every day I'm kind of given that decision of like do I feel up to doing today and I guess that just adds another element to like having so much autonomy over what you do is amazing 
But when you're slightly just craving someone else to tell you what to do and when to mm. do it, having such a almost like volatile mental health can be really difficult mm. because sometimes I do just crave like I do just need to take a full day off. I do need to just push through. Um, so that's probably like my biggest daily struggle. And then how, how do you deal with that? Oh, gosh. Well, like on a like real level, mm. medication and counselling, like constantly. Mm. I've never, I don't feel like I'm at a place, like those for me, like level me out and get me to a place where I feel consistent. Okay. And then um, just giving myself freedom and permission mm. because I'm like, I'm such a big picture, like very, very goal or in like similar to you, like always thinking about the big picture, always building something for like five years time. Um, kind of person which makes it really hard to like give myself permission to rest and stop and do what actually might not help the business long term but will help me right now absolutely um so it is sometimes giving myself that permission to like there is always going to be more to do but right now the priority is giving myself rest or giving myself the afternoon off um and I found the more I've done that the more I've got into the rhythm of giving myself that permission and seeing the benefit of it yeah I find it way easier to do because now I'm like if I don't take a day off Next week, I'm going to feel crap because I won't have rested. But if I take a day off, I'm going to feel so much better for it. And I think that's such a valid point because for me, the first, it wasn't even a long time. You know how you hear some founders and they work seven Mm -hmm. days a week Mm. for two, three years straight Mm. and then burn out. For me, I was working seven days a week, silly hours for the first four-ish months of this. Mm. And my family were going, you need to take a day off. Like, it's silly. You yeah. need to take a day off. Fiona. And for me, it's like you said, it was that bigger picture. And I was like, I am nowhere near where mm. this is. This is nothing on where I would want this to be yet. I'm laying the groundwork. have to keep going. And I remember taking, okay, I'm going to set Sundays aside. That's my day off. Mm. And the minute I did that, everything changed. It was just yeah. that one day is my day. Mm. And it is just so much easier as time goes on, to recognise those signs, mm. isn't it? So now, like like I mentioned earlier, if there is that afternoon where I'm, it's just not working, it's like, okay, Fee, walk away. Yeah. I don't talk to myself out. <laughs> just to I mention do. that. Fee, it's time. <laughs> like, Step walk away from the yeah. But it is, but, and it's, it's, yeah. it's trusting yourself. Yeah, hugely. And I think also that comes down to building a business that allows you to do that, because mm. the reality was if I, you know, worked in e-commerce or why I was you know working with clients literally all day I wouldn't have the ability to do that so for me when I think about you know new products or services I want to launch I'm always questioning like a obviously does it fit into the big picture but also does it still help me to leave the lifestyle I want to lead absolutely will, will like you freedom. enjoy it is this yeah. actually what I want to yeah. do yeah mm. because there was no joy in my business the first time around but it just looked like a huge success and that I left it just being a bit like well, if that's what business is, I was—I didn't want to start a business again because I was like, that was crap. Yeah. But it's been so nice to be like, oh, it can be fun. Yeah, definitely. And there are still times when it's like the worst thing ever and I want to give up and quit. But there's moments that make it worth it. And it's like clinging on to those. Like, yeah, yeah. We'll come on to those. I always end on a high. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Just so no one walks away like, Further into what the did I get that next question? <laughs> yeah. Any other challenges? Um, Daily ones, this is. Okay, daily. Or weekly. Can you, yeah. You know. Can I add friendships and relationships in there? Oh, yeah. I mean, that that was a whole other topic, Alice. But Christ, let us just go there. (laughs) Faff around in the shallow end. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, well, I guess in that first year, pretty much lost all my friends. Not, you know, no arguments, no one fell out. We were just in completely different worlds. They were in their second year of A-levels, applying for uni. And I was on the motorway for four hours a day, staying in hotels and making all this money, but not having anyone to spend it with that was a really odd divide um and like just didn't really have any friends at that point you know everyone 
we would still hang out every now and again, but there just wasn't that kind of connection. Um, and then obviously it was a, kind of a blessing in disguise taking that six months off because my friends, being the amazing people they are, just, you know, wholeheartedly came back into my life and were kind of willing to, I guess, forget the fact that I was probably a dick for... Can I say dick on the podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> I say <laughs> <Go> that. <laughs> the damage has yeah. been done. <laughs> yeah, sure, you can't know that one out. Um, yeah, kind of we'll just put that aside and didn't, you know, blame me for it, but just gave me space. And then now it is still a struggle because the reality is, and sometimes I feel bad for saying this, my business takes priority over my friends and my, at times, boyfriend. Um how do you word that when you haven't got a boyfriend oh, it's anymore? It's hard, isn't it? X. X. That sounds really like volatile, doesn't yeah, it? Like, yeah. oh, my ex-boyfriend. My the partner <laughs> that once was. <laughs> the one that went before. <laughs> um but yeah, I it's been a real learning curve, not for them, but I think for me, mm. to realise that my friends are my friends and they're not my business partners and they're not my employees and they're not my colleagues. And actually for me to expect for them to understand what I do support me get alongside me know the right questions to ask is just too much yeah and I've gone through a real process particularly recently actually of being like oh my friends can just stay in their lane and I've made great like quote-unquote work friends for the purpose of talking about work and having that support but it's been a real process of realizing like it's okay that they are in a completely different space to me it's neither one of us fault but friendships are so important I could not be more grateful that you said that because mm. for me, I really felt that, you know, I remember launching this and hadn't met many um, other women in business yet mm. and had so many, you know, what what are you doing, V? Or like, what, where, mm. where do you actually see this going? Mm. And, you know, I don't, I don't really get it, V, and yeah. like that kind of thing. And it was, I remember in those first few months finding that so, I just felt so vulnerable that people were watching I didn't really know. I had this overarching idea, mm. but you never know if it's going to happen, do you? Yeah. You're just trusting something. And it wasn't until I started building that network and that community mm. of women that did get it that I could accept the fact that some people don't, and that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Because, you know, they have what they want from their life. Mm. I've got what I want, and we can still... Yeah. Everyone can be happy, yeah, and we can like still love each other, and the friends, the mm. friendships are there. But yeah, there was definitely like a wobble in between. Yeah, and I guess a, to take it further into the to, into the deep end, a level up from friendships is obviously relationships, mm. and it's something that you know I've talked about on my podcast. So people are probably listening and be like, "Whoa, she's really oversharing that." But you do describe yourself it's... as a chronic oversharer. <laughs> that's <laughs> my research. To my Instagram bio I and quote. just copied. <laughs> yeah, that was that's about. As much research as I did. Accenting like, accent from a chronic oversharer. Over but yeah. this is your time. I mean, this is a she can't do podcast, babe. Overshare with me. It. Well, it's funny. I'll often go, um, you know, into the kitchen and my mum will be like, oh, I didn't know that thing about your life. And there is a kind of running joke in my friends and family that they find out more about me through my podcast and Instagram than in person. I love that. Which is probably a whole issue in itself <laughs> about my relationship. But it, it, you know, it's not something that I've ever managed to find a what am I trying to say? When you first start out, and I know that you fully get me with this, I think when you want to build something that's bigger than yourself, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of dedication. You have to prioritise your business above everything else. And it sometimes is your sole focus. Like for me, sometimes I'm so tunnel visioned on my business that I just don't have the hindsight or the perspective to care about what anyone else in my life is doing. Mm. And that sounds horrible. Like saying that, that's I've gone through a real process of being like, it's okay that sometimes yeah. that's my truth. And, you know, I was in a, a long term relationship where we got together when I was in that burnout time. So I was doing nothing. And our relationship completely revolved around, you know, it was, it was a normal relationship, like mm. quote unquote. I was 
living a pretty regular life. I wasn't really working. He was, I think, studying at the time. And then we had to adjust to me being back at work, which we'd never, you know, experienced. And me getting to a place where actually I felt more myself, but I wasn't showing up in the relationship how I was before because I just didn't have the time or the energy or the headspace. And it just ended up getting to the point where I realised that I couldn't sustain a relationship and it was unkind to the other person to keep something going whilst doing my business Huge. and I fully admire people that can do the two but it's yeah last year was a big year of like I just can't do it <laughs> mm. I think it's it is it's allowing yourself I hate the fact that you it's worded as selfish do you know what I mean mm. like there's such a awful connotation with that word but at the same time you are allowed this for me and I know that you feel this way our businesses are our babies yeah so at the end of the day I put too much into this mm. for anything else yeah to if if something clashes with that mm-hmm. or it there's some, something that's not leveling up yeah it needs to yeah go. and that's understandably hard for other people to get like I was in a relationship with someone who didn't work wasn't his everything to him work was you know I work so I can live a great life whereas for me it's like work is one of the greatest things about my life and it's really hard for other people to understand mm. how you feel about your business and I kind of get it when people are like I don't understand why you want to work all the time I don't understand why you feel so passionate about it and it's definitely finding people that do the same thing as you really alleviates that because mm. you no longer have the expectation on your boyfriend or girlfriend or friends to do that and they know that you're still getting that kind of support that you need which they just can't relate with mm. um but yeah in terms of, and I know this is going to resonate with so many women mm. that are trying to launch a business and emotional stuff, it might not necessarily be a breakup. Yeah, it could yeah. be something completely going on. But what does that reality look like when, you know, you are experiencing those challenges in your personal life and you have also a business to oh, gosh. manage? Yeah. Because that is the reality, isn't it? Mm. And that's where, you know, if you're working for someone else, and something's going on in your personal life, you let mm. your manager know. They mm-hmm. might let you go off the afternoon if yeah. they're nice, you know, but, like, you can call in sick. You mm. can do something. Get mm-hmm. out. You can't do that when you're on a business. Yeah, it was interesting. So we broke up twice. So pretty much the whole of 2018, my personal life was just something that I couldn't talk about online, which for someone as a pers- who has a personal brand, and I think my honesty and vulnerability is something that people follow me for, it was a really hard line to walk. Because what was going on in my personal life was so ugly and I didn't understand it, let alone could I explain it in an Instagram caption or on a podcast episode. Um, So I just had to draw like really strict boundaries on it. I was like, I'm just, I just can't share any other people in my life right now. I just like, it's not selfish, but I had to say I'm only going to talk about me because that's the only subject that I know is true and I feel comfortable talking Mm. about. But I know one of the questions that you were kind of talking about beforehand was like, what's your worst day in business? And are you, are you taking over yeah. my podcast? What is this? <laughs> podcast host. Like, <laughs> this, it my friends, is why we don't invite a podcast host on. <laughs> it fully answers your question, which you asked before. <laughs> um, because the day that we, we broke up and it was final, I was a week away from the biggest launch my yeah. business has ever had. And for me, up until that point, my business felt like an extension of me. How I felt was how my business was and everything felt very connected and if I was having a bad day I'd take a day off from my business or if I was really excited I'd work super hard and it all felt quite like fluid and connected but then this day happened where I had a breakup and for anyone who's experienced a breakup you feel like the world is going to stop turning and that you'll never be happy again um you do by the way um but at that time that's what you feel and I was a week away from this huge launch I'd spent about 10 grand and I was like what do I do like do I 
give in to my personal life and like act like my business is an extension of that and put the launch off or cancel it or do whatever I need to do or do I just realize like I just need to get through this and for me that's the day that my business really felt like a business and that's why I call myself a business owner because it was a completely separate entity to my personal life and I just had to say I feel so so shit right now I don't feel like I can even talk you know talk to Instagram stories with my face I don't feel like I can record a podcast episode but my business needs me and my business needs me to show up as best as I can and for me it was a real like you know, I had my cry, I ate my food. And then I had to give myself that pep talk of like, we're just gonna have to get through it. Yeah. And the next week was awful. My business wasn't joyful. And my business felt really, really hard. But I knew in that moment that I had to show up as the business owner, without my personal life intervening with that. I love that. Because I sometimes think, you know, there's a lot out there where I did. And I'm gonna word this, I already know this is going to be badly worded. (laughs) But self-care is so so important Mm. but there is something sometimes where actually channeling all of that emotional turmoil Mm. into actually do you know what would be really good for me right now and that is to just completely lose myself Mm. in this business and like let's let's take it out on that yeah and then at least something there could be a positive in Mm. this yeah because at the time nothing in me wanted to work Mm. like I wanted to sit in bed and eat Ben and Joe's and I could have done that if I felt like that was the right thing to do, I would have done that. But looking back, I'm so grateful that I just yeah. got my head down because it gave me a focus and it gave me something that where I could end the year and be like, I did that thing. Like there were some real lows in 2018, but there were some real highs. And a lot of those highs came from me just getting my head down and getting the work done. And I, even like some of the practical things I did, like the day we broke up, I called up a couple of friends kind of in business that I knew had been through something similar and I asked them what they did with it you know I posted in like some Facebook groups that I was a part of like membership platforms and just told them what happened because I couldn't share it online I was a week away from this big launch I was promoting all the time and I knew that putting it out there wasn't going to be healthy for anyone but I had to share with someone yeah so it was that boundary of like I'm not going to share this right now now I talk about it because I'm comfortable with that but I still needed to do something with it and have those conversations Mm. and this is a coven yeah talk me about that talk me talk to talk me about that about talk that. to me talk <laughs> um, to me the coven is a membership platform for female entrepreneurs freelancers self-employed women you know whatever you want to call yourself and it's all about creating a space where you find community and you get that expertise and accountability um and obviously there's you know there's so many what, the amazing thing that's happening right now in kind of the world of small businesses all these people are realizing the power of community hugely um and i would actually say it was one of the best decisions i made in 2018 was to find community mm. you know connect with people that get it find people who understood the challenges that i went through and could give me advice or just you know give me a bit of a kick up the arse if I needed a bit of something to get me on my way so yeah the covers just a space like that so it's kind of like expertise sessions in a Facebook group but for me the most the most powerful part of it is just women who get it and being in that space yeah yeah. I always think that is networking and building that community I feel like I've been so fortunate with she can she did just by the nature of it Mm. I'm constantly my day job is meeting people like you yeah. and we get to have this 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 to me is therapy like how funny you. that this is work yeah I know it's not work <laughs> it's like it? pinch me yeah. <laughs> go for a little coffee it's all mm. good but um but you know what I mean mm. like and I feel so lucky that I've got that and that keeps me sane and I hear everyone's challenges yeah and their, their highs why they're doing this etc etc but mm. I'm also in a networking group and I just think it is the the value in those networking groups yeah. whatever one they are is that you see that other people mm-hmm. are experiencing yeah. difficulties as well. And that sounds so 
morbid that I'm like, oh, so thank God refreshing. she's... She, yeah, exactly. Well, it was even like last year when we first met, I'd just broken up with my boyfriend and I don't know why I told you about it. Like in hindsight, that was a really weird thing to tell someone who you just <laughs> met. But the second I told you yeah. and then you could tell me about a similar experience, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. Yeah. And it, it just is, takes that. It's why I hug people when I meet them mm. instead of shake their hand. Let's just get scrappy. We're all girls. We don't have to be mm. that business. Yeah. And for me, that was the biggest, like, when I was beginning to look at the questions for this, um, I was called it an interview, but it's more of just a chat, and it doesn't feel as formal as an interview. Um, when Are I was you thinking, insulting my interviewing <laughs> skills? <laughs> I say things, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Word vomit. What are you saying? <laughs> but it's fine when it's people like you, because I'm like, it's, it's okay. it just doesn't take sense. Um, when I was looking at the questions for this kind of interview recording, I find that I don't reflect a lot and it was really nice to look back and I realised that one of the biggest shifts my business has had is that that first year I was constantly adapting myself to the people I was with and I didn't realise how tiring and boring and annoying and just dull that was and now to work with women who like I can just be myself and be odd and ask odd questions and like hug them and be a bit awkward and say the wrong Mm -hmm. thing like it's amazing yeah it doesn't really feel like this is a job but I guess we still pay bills, so it is. No, it's so true. I, I was listening to your podcast the other day that was talking about, again, the coven and investing in the events as well, and I'm not going to plug mine, but you talked about how... I freaking love your events. <laughs> I paid her to say I say, No, I say it all the time. Whenever people are like... No, I really don't want this to be talking about that. No, I but was... I just wanted to say that I, I as an anxious and event hater... I just made the decision of like, I'm just going to choose this one event that I want to go to. And that was really fundamental. Well, my question, (laughs) my question was about the fact that you are, you do suffer with anxiety Mm. and that you've still made a conscious decision to attend events. Yeah. Because I I get quite a lot of messages before an event from, you know, loads of different women saying, Fee, I'm really nervous. I'm Mm. I'm going to come, but I'm just so nervous. And that's where, you know, I step in and say, you know, don't worry, everyone, everyone Mm. is. Like, even I get nervous before them because you you never Mm. know what they're going to be like. But I love the fact that you've pushed through it and you turn up and you do walk away feeling like, okay, no, that was... Yeah, that's the thing. I've never left being like, oh, I'm really annoyed that I did that. Like, yeah. I always think, I remember like the first one that I ever came to was, I think, one of your London events. And I just put something on my Instagram stories like, is anyone else going that I know? And it was Charlotte from Media Lux, who yeah. I know is like yeah, a yeah. big Midweek Wingle fan. She messaged me like, I'm going to be there. So I found a friend. I waited yeah. for outside so I didn't have to walk in on my own. And I just, I said to myself, like, my mission for this first event is just to make it through it. Yeah. I didn't stay afterwards. I didn't speak to anyone new. I didn't really, like, push myself out there. But for me, just going was enough. Hugely, yeah. And now, having gone to kind of four or five, I'm at the place where I do just walk in without anyone. And even not knowing anyone, when you see the people that are there for the first time, standing kind of a bit nervous on their own, you feel like, oh, I know how you feel. I can come and chat to you. Yeah, time. So it is, it's those, like, tiny, tiny steps of, like, okay, maybe I'll just attend. Mm-hmm then I'll attend on my own, then I'll meet someone new, then I'll speak to one of the speakers. And it's kind of that, like, giving yourself those little goals. Definitely. And I think that, in general, throughout your business journey, it's crazy when you look back and think what was intimidating Mm. two years ago compared to now. And now what's challenging you? And it's that constant, you're constantly growing, aren't you, Mm. as a business owner? And I think that's always a good example of it. Has anything surprised you? What did you expect running a business to oh, be like? Gosh, 
don't know. I think I thought that running a business meant that I was like doing all these really aspirational things all the time and like traveling all the time and like reaching these big goals and my life was really luxurious and exciting and like the everyday is that I'm sat in my front room on my computer in leggings with greasy hair preach to that but like that my friend is why I don't go on my Instagram stories because that is the reality (laughs) I look like a pile of shit (laughs) but nothing about that disappoints me Mm. there was no surprise in that of like I wasn't sad that I wasn't in London all day every day I'm not sad about the fact that I'm not constantly like at exciting events or like doing swanky things because actually I really love the simplicity of it but probably the biggest thing that surprised me is that it is possible to be successful and be yourself which I know probably seems really like cringy or simple but I think as someone who started so young and I didn't have this like backpack of like here's all the accomplishments I've made and here's all the evidence as to why I'm good at my job I did really have to go on that process of like okay I actually am the one that can make this happen and I am you know I can show up in my business as myself and that still yields success so that was a real like amazing thing that surprised me was like I don't have to pretend to be like those men in suits and I don't have to pretend to laugh at their sexist jokes or I don't have to pretend that I'm older or more professional than I am like even though you do (laughs) I'm not gonna lie (laughs) I'm gonna keep saying that like (laughs) straight crazy oh yeah I don't know I just yeah to realize that my business could thrive with me feeling like I'm just completely myself Mm. to me that's like why people warm to you it's why you're you've Mm. got clients you are just lovely Mm. thanks but that's the thing that makes us like when I think about what I do as a job, I am not dumb in the fact that you could find anything that I tell my clients somewhere on the internet. Yeah. I have never told anyone anything which is going to change the world. But what people pay me for is me. Yeah. And that's a weird thing to come to terms with in itself. But when you realise that, you're like, oh, okay. I don't need to like overcomplicate everything I tell people because they're hiring me for the space that I create yeah. and what that does. How would you describe yourself as a businesswoman? Oh... Uh, very long term, very strategic, which I don't often say because in my mind, strategic means a strategic woman is like manipulative crazy, or like that, sneaky yeah, yeah. or she's yeah. like, you know, conniving. Whereas, no, she's just I'm switched like, on no, and really smart. Yeah, I just like make good decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, quite intense, which can be a very good or very bad thing. I'm an all or nothing person. Mm-hmm. So that can show up in my business in very different ways. Um, yeah, and just honest. I've got to the point where I'm like, why not share something? I'll just talk about it. You just see through it, don't you? Yeah, if yeah. it helps one person feel less alone, it's worth it. The other day, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about this because you are a long-term thinker, thinker like I am. Yeah. You went on your stories at the weekend and you mm. showed the reality that you were working a weekend and yeah. you felt a bit guilty for actually admitting that. Yeah. But, you know, I just think, no, that's the reality sometimes. Mm. If you want that long-term goal, oh my gosh, yeah. you can't just work two hours a day. No. It, it, there has to be some serious work that goes in if you want that big goal. Yeah. And you said, you know, it's not just about that lifestyle business where, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but the mm. way you think there's something more that you're striving for Mm. so where do you want this to go talk to me about those long-term goals for this yeah I think I want it to be bigger than myself I'm very conscious that right now my business to succeed is very reliant on me and I like that because I know that I can always be me and that's something I can rely upon but you know there's only so much impact that one person can have so I don't have 
I don't set myself really specific long-term goals because, you know, the way my business has built itself is by unexpected opportunities and me saying yes. So I don't want to stop that by being overly strategic and being like, you know, everything needs to be planned. But for me, in whatever way it looks like, I just want to build something that's bigger than me, that impacts more than just the circle that I can impact. And yeah, you know, I'm never going to probably change the world or like cure global warming or whatever else is the big crisis. But if I can play a part in helping people to grow businesses that build the lifestyles that they want, to me, that's worth it. Mm, Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. I don't know where I want to be in five years' time, if I'm very honest, but... It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. You don't know what what it looks like. I know like, how but... it's going to feel. Yeah, yeah. I know the impact it's going to have, but what that looks like, no clue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit like that. But that's the exciting part. Yeah, it's that I love, it's the unknown, isn't it? Mm. And that's the thing when you're in, it could go anywhere. Yeah. And I just thrive off that. It's love good. it. I'm like, my family and friends are like, you know, what's your six month goal? I'm like, don't know. Let's find out. Like, <laughs> let's wait and see. I felt like that in January 1st, to be honest, mm. knowing what. 2018 looked like there was such it was just such a random journey full on year right that yeah you just I, I remember feeling on the 1st of January oh my god mm. what does this year hold but there was something really daunting in that knowing how much work it will involve yeah but also it was like game on I'm excited yeah. like let's it do is this. exciting yeah and when you're building something for yourself it's not that you gloss over you know all the hard work and the hard days but it's all in perspective and it's mm. so worth it when you look back and you're like, oh, look at the impact I've made, look at whatever, you know, whatever you measure that by, whether it's, you know, finances or followers or success in whatever else term, it's so nice to look back and be like, oh, if that's what I did last year, let's see what I can do this year. So we'll have to wait and see where we both are at the end of the year. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Rounding up then. Yeah. Alice. I'm going to credit a lady that I've admired from afar for ages. She has no idea who I am, but Giovanna Fletcher. Love her. Happy Mum, Happy Baby podcast. It all, She always rounds it up with a few sentences. Have you listened to that podcast? Yeah, yeah. Do you find it weird that we listen to mothering podcasts? Is that oh, odd? Because I don't I, want... Yeah, no, but it makes me, That podcast, I went through, I literally listened to it back to Been back. it. Yeah, and oh my God gosh I was mm. so broody every time I listen me... to it it makes me cry it makes me gosh. it makes me look forward to and I should say I don't want kids now it makes me look forward to the day that I do though wow that is so the opposite I listen to really? it and I'm like gosh I'm so glad I'm not pregnant oh my gosh <laughs> yeah because no. it's like the, I get it because it's like oh, I'll be honest about it but it kind of terrifies me oh yeah no don't get me wrong I made me we're going off complete tangent aren't we but no re- really quickly <laughs> it made me respect any oh that's true mum that I know mm. I take my hat off to yeah. I, I literally tell my best friends after I listened to it, a few of them I was mm. like I, I literally respect you girls so much more than I already I already did obviously yeah, yeah. but it was just and now interviewing women with businesses and babies yeah Oh my goodness. They're heroes. But basically, long story short, um, <laughs> as you know, Giovanna ends with a few statements. Yeah. So I'm going to say the start of a sentence, okay. Alice, and you are going to finish them, if that's okay with Bring you, it. please. And make them good, because this is like, I'm not this is my, my first notes, podcast. I'm just see what comes to me. Okay. Ooh. Well, I, I wrote. I, should I? <laughs> no, no, no. No, do it. it. Okay, you. so here we go. Number one being my own boss means. Being able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, but mostly spending all my time working. <laughs> Is that a really shit answer? No, I love it because that's basically the ideal with the truth <laughs> all rolled into one. Thank you. It's what I like to deliver people. Yeah, that's Aspirational. Good. But reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Number two, when it's not quite going to plan, my advice would be to... 
remind yourself of why you started mm. and make a list of all the things that you've already achieved yeah. and look back at that all the time. And it's so powerful mm-hmm. and it doesn't take long, does it? Just no. a quick, like, hang on a second, yeah. why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that. If I could go back to day one of my business, I would Gosh. tell myself... Chill out and stop spending so much money on utter shit. In personal life or business? Yeah, no, no, I didn't spend any money on my business. I don't actually know what I spent money on because I haven't got any of it now. Um, <laughs> but I think like food, expensive meals, yeah. clothes. I think it's so funny when I compare how much I used to earn at my old job and where that money went to how my life changed <laughs> when I launched this and what I prioritise now. You know, a Starbucks coffee on a Sunday, yeah, that to me is my <laughs> weekly treat and bloody hell, I love it. Yeah, it's If they make me a dodgy coffee, yeah. oh my God, no, Alice. No, excuse me, I've worked all week for You this. do not realise how much I've been looking for this coffee and you messed it up. But yeah, no, that's a good one. Thank you. Okay, so like... Be- I feel like I'm being like, I'm on a, sh- like a game show. <laughs> do you? <laughs> Give a bad answer. Maybe I'll start the jingle here, like warming yeah. up to the end. <laughs> If I had to describe myself as a businesswoman, I'd say that. You've kind of answered that one. Should we skip that? Oh. Oh, no, go for it. Yeah, go on. A narcissistic millennial. (laughs) Uh, I am a long-term thinker, Mm -hmm. overly intense, and never too busy to go to Ikea. Never. I'm never too busy to sack off work and go to Ikea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's normally what the night before a mingle looks like. I always need something to just buy be- things for the mingle or just yeah walk yeah around? like um high like the high panel chairs mm. was my last purchase i'm trying to think the um, like therapy stands yeah mm. but it is you just get lost in it don't you yeah. but my my advice ladies and gentlemen okay. would be always to go at 8 p.m it's nothing better oh, yeah, than like nighttime night ikea, right? ikea and you do eat a meal when you go Meatballs, babes. Yeah. Obviously. So when people go to Ikea to shop, yeah, I'm like, yeah. it's an experience. Yeah. <laughs> you have it's to embrace a, it. Like, cranberry sauce. Yes, I want it. Oh, it's so good because you can eat and then you have a yeah. little wander around. I often go on my own. I just put headphones oh, on, put some good music on. It's just like a little therapy. I'm going to stop talking because people probably <laughs> think I'm a weirdo. Okay, this is the real one. Yeah. Have you prepped um, me for this? Is this one on there? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. It is. Have I prepped you for it? <laughs> I thought you were just going to ask me in like a really intense way, which you are. And it's got to be good, okay? This is the last sentence of the podcast. I want my legacy to be that. I exceeded expectations and pushed boundaries. Is that an okay end? Love it. All right, okay. And that, my friends, <laughs> is where the music definitely is in now. Da, 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 da. Thank you. That Thanks was fun. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I feel like... Yeah, that that wasn't as traumatic as I envisioned it to be. No, that was great. I hope people found that interesting. I hope they do too, considering how... Palava. What a palava. 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 Palava.